0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Today, this morning, we're going to take a look at something that maybe doesn't get a whole lot of attention in our churches that often, uh, something that maybe we don't talk about too, too much, and that is uh, is the gifts of the Spirit. Today we're going to take a look at the manifestations or the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as we start, I think I'd like you to... To think about, imagine, picture if you can, what comes to mind when you, when you hear those words, gifts of the Spirit? Uh, who do you imagine, who do you picture when you, when you hear those words or when you read our reading from 1 Corinthians 12 today? What do you, what do you think about? Who or what comes to mind? Now, uh, maybe some of you are here today and you're thinking, I don't know that I think much of anything. I don't know what these gifts are or what they look like or what they could be. Uh, and, and maybe you, you think to yourself, "I don't know who they're for, uh, who gets them," and and that's okay uh, if if you don't know or think much about them. Uh, but maybe alternatively. Alternatively, when you think of gifts of the Spirit, you uh, immediately think of prophesying or miraculous healing or, or speaking in tongues. Maybe the first thing that comes to mind for you are these heroes or giants of the faith. Maybe you uh, picture a missionary or a pastor or an apostle like uh, Paul or, or Peter. And if that's where you're at today, if that's who and what you picture, then I, I think, then, well, maybe you're not really all that different from the Corinthians. Uh, You see, in in a reading for today from 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is writing to Corinth, to the believers there, uh, because they have a a particular spiritual gift problem, uh, a misunderstanding. Uh, He's writing to them because they have narrowed the scope of spiritual gifts and who gets them to a, a few miraculous acts. They've reserved them for the big, the bold, the giants of the faith. For them, for the Corinthians, the list of spiritual gifts might have uh, began with speaking in tongues and ended with prophesying, maybe with some miraculous healing in between, but but, but that was really it. And and for the Corinthians, this these gifts of the Spirit had become a, a sticking point, a point of division for them. It created the, the list of the haves and the have-nots. Did you have the Holy Spirit that was causing you to speak in tongues, or did you not have it? Did you have the ability uh, to prophesy and speak for the Lord? Or did you not have that gift? It became a, a point of pride, of bragging and boasting for the people there. They could say to themselves, look at how I've been blessed. Look at how spiritual I am. Look at how much God must love me because I can do all of these wonderful spiritual things. And Paul needs to talk to them because that was not how it was supposed to be. The, the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he would give them was not supposed to divide them and tear them apart. It was supposed to unite them and bring them together. The Holy Spirit, in, in Paul's eyes, uh, was, was the great equalizer. It was a gift given to all people and, and that those gifts were not u- supposed to be used to puff Want someone up, but, but meant to serve the community. And so he has to write to them because they have a spiritual gift misunderstanding, a, a problem. I wonder if, if maybe we don't have a problem too. Now, I, I would guess, and maybe my diagnosis of this is wrong, but I would not guess that our problem is the same as the Corinthians. I don't see too many of you bragging and boasting about your ability to speak in tongues. I have not seen that. I don't see little cliques forming of those of you who prophesy and, and those of you who have miraculously healed people. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, if, if for the Corinthians the problem was that their spiritual gifts had become a source of pride and power among them, uh, maybe our problem is the opposite side of the coin. We haven't recognized the, the work of the Spirit in our lives. We, we haven't thought much uh, about the Spirit, and, and we don't see the Spirit working in our lives. And so if we have a problem, it, it's probably different than the Corinthians, and yet I think what, what Paul, what God writes through Paul uh, to the Corinthians also goes for us. It's It's God's point there that that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, every baptized believer in Jesus, everyone who has come to faith and trusts in Jesus as their Savior has the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and it is that Spirit which unites us as one. It is that Spirit which is working in the lives of the church, of the Christ, for the good of the church. And, and so that goes for all of us here today. So uh, if, you, if you could uh, amuse me here for a second, take a look around you. You can even make eye contact with the people that are there. Let it be awkward. It's okay. It'll be awkward for all of us. Take a look to your left and to your right. You see all those faces you see there? Uh, everyone that you're looking into the face of, that is a, a Holy Spirit-filled Christian. And each of them has that spirit working in them, giving gifts that you, that all of us, need. We just wouldn't be the same without them. Uh, You could look in the mirror when you go home and you would see another face, your own face. And you too are that spirit-filled Christian and each of you have gifts that the rest of us need. Uh, God's gift of his spirit and his gifts are not reserved for the spiritually elite. Uh, They are not limited. His gifts are not limited to the the miraculous in outcome, but they're for all of us. Uh, I remember maybe one of the first times that I really learned that lesson. Uh, It was over... At the Lutheran home. Uh, I've learned a lot of important lessons there. But I'd I'd gone there before I was even in seminary, before I was a pastor, to shadow my pastor to see what it was he did on these visits, see if I would like to do that too. And uh, we'd gone to a number of different rooms, and we came to one room uh, where we were talking with this woman. And uh, after a while, it came out that she had been a very busy woman throughout her life. Uh, She had served at church in a number of ways, been on boards and committees probably had done things like prayer shawl and garden clubs, taught Sunday school, raised her children in the faith, had served in some wonderful ways, had been given many gifts. But, but as we talked to her there in, in, at the Lutheran home, I, I think she felt rather empty. Uh, she felt useless, in a sense. After a life of serving, and now she was confined to a wheelchair and to a bed, and, and she had a hard time with that. Uh, I remember listening as the pastor said what needed to be said, a message I think we all need to hear and maybe what I expected him to say. He, he comforted her to say that who she was in God's eyes as a beloved daughter of the Most High King that, that had nothing to do with what she could offer God. Uh, but it had everything to do with his undeserved mercy and grace and love and that her identity wasn't going to change because she couldn't do what she had once done, that she didn't have what she once did, that that was certain and secure. She was God's child. Uh, But then he did something that surprised me. Uh, I don't think he even asked as I was thinking about it this week. I think he just told her. He gave her a command. He said, pray for me. He said, I want you to pray for me. And, and pray for our church. He said, I'm going to come back next week with a, a list from church, maybe like the one we have in our bulletin, and, and I need you to pray for every name on there. Uh, I need you to, to devote yourself to prayer. And, and I think the reason he said that was because this woman didn't have what she had once had. She, she couldn't do what she once could do, but what she did still have was the Holy Spirit working in her. And that spirit had worked in her gifts that the rest of us needed. That spirit had given her a heart of compassion and service and generosity. She wanted to serve the Lord. Uh, God had given her, in a sense, all of the time in the world. And she could devote herself hours of the day to prayer now, something that very few other people within that body could do. Uh, Most other people were busy and had many other projects and things to work on, but she could devote her life to prayer. And that would be a gift for the rest of us. that was a reminder to me that, that each of us, no matter how young or old or where we're at in life, has the same Holy Spirit who is working in us and through us for the common good. So that's true for all of us here today. And yet, uh, as, as I think about this and as I talk about it with Christians, I, I often come across uh, a few objections and, and maybe questions as well. And so, in the few minutes we have left, I'd like to address some of those objections I hear and some of those questions I, I think about and, and maybe you've thought about too when it comes to the work of the Spirit in our lives. And uh, the first objection I, I think that I've heard is, is that we might think to ourselves that I'm just not gifted, Maybe, especially in a church like this where we look around and we see so many gifted people who serve in so many amazing ways and maybe you're here today and you think, yeah, but I'm not like that. I'm normal. I'm, I'm ordinary. I just don't see the, the gifts in my life. I don't, I don't think I have received that. Well, if, if that's the case, if that's your objection, I would like to remind you of what God says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, where he says, Now to each one, that is to everyone, to, to all The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That means none of us as baptized believers in Jesus, none of us is excluded. Uh, None of us is on the outs. All of us have received this gift, a gift that is to be used for the common good. So you, you have the gift. Maybe you don't recognize it, But you have the Holy Spirit in you. And yet, maybe you would say after that, okay, maybe I have gifts. Maybe you recognize them, but maybe you think to yourself, my gifts are not all that spiritual. Maybe you recognize you're good with your hands. You can really build things. uh, Or you're good with numbers. You can create really fancy spreadsheets. Or uh, you make a really mean lasagna and you recognize, okay, that's a gift I have. But you think that's not very spiritual. That can't be what God is, is talking about here. And, and yet what I think we need to remember is that what makes a spiritual gift a spiritual gift is not, again, its miraculous outcome. That's what the Corinthians' problem was. They had limited the work of the Spirit in, into a very narrow way of thinking. No, what makes a spiritual gift spiritual is, is where or who the gift comes from. <laughs> from the Spirit. And and so when Paul lists the gift of the Spirit in verses 8 to 10 today, he does include some of the miraculous things, the, the things we might typically think of speaking in tongues and prophecy. But in this list and in other lists, in Ephesians and Romans, Paul also lists things like generosity, service, mercy, uh, the ability to teach or, or lead, w- things that we might think of as, as being more practical rather than spiritual. And, and yet he recognizes that these are gifts that the Spirit has worked in Christians for the common good. And so maybe God has given you the gift of generosity or service. Well, well, marry that with your ability to work with your hands or your ability to work with numbers or your ability to make a really mean lasagna, and that would be a gift to the church for the common good. So, you do have spiritual gifts. And yet, I, I think maybe the question that most of us have today, maybe maybe even all of us, is well, uh, how, how, do, how do I know that I have the Spirit? How do I know? How can I be sure? How can I be certain that I'm not an imposter or that I haven't been faking my faith or uh, lying to myself or the people around me? How do I know that I have the Spirit? And if that's your question, I think maybe I would respond with another question. And my question to you would be, who is your faith in? And maybe I would a- also ask you, do you recognize that you have a problem so big that you can't solve it? Do you recognize that you are carrying a weight in your life that, that is much too heavy for you to carry? Do you recognize that There's a price to pay that you cannot afford. Do you you see the sin in your life and do you know that you need a Savior? Have you recognized who that Savior is, that it's Jesus? Who is your faith in? Is it in Jesus? And and if it is, then you do have the Spirit. You can be sure and certain that He is working in, in your life because that belief, that faith, that confession that Lord can only come about by the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized into the faith and brought in to the faith we share in Jesus? Then the answer is yes. You are a Holy Spirit-filled Christian. You can count on it. It's it's a gift that is is not reliant upon your response or your obedience or the strength or the size of your faith. No, what matters is who your faith is in. All of us here today who confess that our faith is in Jesus have that spirit working powerfully within us. And yet maybe you're thinking the most important question of all, uh, well, um, what is my gift? What gift have I been given? What, right? I, I think many of us wonder that. Okay, we want the gift. It would sure be nice to have the gift. But what is my gift? Um, and I'm really sorry to tell you, that I had it all listed out. I had each of your names with your gifts next to it on a piece of paper downstairs, but it's in my office, and so I don't have that to share with you today. Uh, But instead, I'm going to point you in three directions. As you think about what your gift is, as you try to discern how the Spirit has worked in your life for the good of of the body of believers, I'm going to point you in three directions. I'm going to point you towards God's Word, to prayer, and to the community. I think throughout the centuries, that's how Christians have discerned God's will in their lives. They've turned to him in prayer. They've read about his truth, about his qualities of mercy and grace and love, and, and they've reflected on their own lives in light of that. They've gone to God in prayer. They've said, Lord, open up doors and give me the strength to go on. Th-. And they've talked to each other, as families do. They said, hey, uh, what do you see in me? How, how do you think God has blessed me? What gifts do you see that, that the Spirit is working in my life? That's not bragging or boasting. That's, that's using the family that God has given us for the common good so that more and more people might be blessed. And so as we dis- try to discern what's my gift, we, we go to him in his word, we talk to him in prayer, and we ask the, the, the body of believers. See, brothers and sisters, we have a God who loves to give gifts a God who has given us the best of gifts in his son Jesus, a gift that, that was for the world, a, a gift of Jesus, a forgiveness and grace and love that, that wasn't reserved for the spiritually elite or kept for a few special people. No, no Jesus died for the sins of the world and, and if that's how he worked on the cross for us, then why would it be any different in the gift of his Holy Spirit in our life? Well, it's not. Every one of you. Every believer in Jesus has that gift of the Spirit working inside of you, powerfully working in us together as the church for the good of one another. And praise be to God that he is so lavish, so abundantly good in his giving. In Jesus' name, amen.